Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah Van Sliders with Old Man Gaming, and with me sometimes is uh, Neil, aka a tiny wizard. Uh, ATW will be filling in for Night Six for Five, who had some unfortunate scheduling conflicts this week. He will be back on the show next week. Um, so, with that in mind. We're still going to do disclaimers because this is still a horrible podcast. And I want everybody out there to know that this week, more than anything else, it's probably going to be terrible. My kid is watching Madagascar 2 behind me, so that's probably going to be heard in the, the audio. Uh, we're not going to edit it because this is this is terrible. We don't get paid for it. We're not professionals. I'm going to have to start stop saying the paid for We might get paid soon. I, I don't know. But uh, all right. So with that in mind... Let's continue. Oh, 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 sorry. Almost forgot. Want to throw out the credits. Uh, Mark Bell, he did the graphic at the beginning of the show, and all the original graphics that we use are Mark Bell. Uh, and number two, the song that you heard to play us in is written and performed by none other than my brother, Nicholas Van Sliders. So thanks to both of them for both of those. All right, so... <clears throat> We're not going to change anything other than uh, a news break because that is a Holy Logan thing. But thanks to the power of the infinitely real and not at all made up Quantum Studio, uh, Neil, uh, a tiny wizard, ATW, he's going to be filling in for Night 645, as we said at the top of the show. Uh, thank you, Neil. We really appreciate this. Oh, absolutely. You Check also get the honor of being the first triple guest, which means that you got three times status, man. You're up on. You're up by two on everybody. You know, if I get another time on here, I think don't I get a free coffee or something? I think we just we just it's a three person show at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just part of the podcast at that point. Just looming um, in the background. <laughs> Neil's. We'll just call you a producer, like they always do on podcasts. Like that guy isn't just a third person. Uh, he, he just shows up, throws some stuff in, like, oh, you guys, oh, you're doing great or whatever, and then just, like, leaves in the middle of it. Right, right. Okay, so I did want to just uh, throw out a couple of quick comments. We didn't get a ton on the Facebooks uh, or on the YouTubes, but uh, there was one that I think actually came in last week that I failed to read, um, which is anti-Kojima, so I can't believe I failed to read it. But uh, Thor, a uh, friend of the show, and uh, often call, often uh, contributed to the comments, said that he, uh, when talking about the game of the, the um, ugh, Death Stranding and the Game of the Year stuff, uh, he said, okay, I will happily admit to being the Metal Gear fan, that whole series I find enjoyable, which I don't know how. Uh, that being said, <clears throat> wasting a breath on Kojima won't happen here. I'm not defending an old man expressing his de descent into senility by creating crackpot games. And I would agree that Borderlands 3 should probably be the game of the year. 
which we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. Uh, game Borderlands 3 uh, kind of snubbed by uh, uh, the Game Awards, but like I said, we're going to hold that for, for later. That's going to be a full topic. Um, so with that being said, we also got a comment from, where is it? Of course, I'm having a hard time finding it. No, we read those. This is good. This is good. This is good radio. Uh, good radio. Oh, Kev Too Tall uh, contributed uh, when we said when we did our fun list last week of the three uh, best campaigns. He said his was Gears of War Two, Ocarina of Time, and Chrono Trigger. And I've only played one of those games, and Ocarina of Time was amazing. It's pretty pretty solid. You know, pretty my solid. biggest Chrono Trigger. Yeah, go oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just saying. Chrono Trigger, I played, I didn't finish it, uh, I played it a little bit back long, long, long ago, and uh, it's got a very interesting story in that the the last boss shows up partway through the game, and whenever you want, you can just try to fight it. Right, right. Just whenever you want. <laughs> I, uh... My brother loved Karano Trigger. Uh, I never got into the Gears of War series, and uh, it's a big, uh, probably a big mistake. But now I feel like we're five in, and I can't, I can't go back, you know. Um, right. And then Ocarina of Time, my copy of Ocarina of Time, uh, I actually got hit with a glitch. And back in the Nintendo 64 era, there weren't patches. Like, if you got hit with a glitch, you just had to restart and hope you didn't get hit with a glitch the second time around. And uh, there was a missing key in my water temple. So I actually, it was like one of the later temples too. So I couldn't actually finish the game. I had to just watch my brother finish it. Oh. Yeah, it was a real bummer. It was a real bummer. Um, Kev Tutal also wanted to comment on our favorite four comments, which we're also possibly going to be talking about that later in the show, and just said that uh, he thinks Fable 4 will be a big pop to push next box. And he's talking about Scarlet launch. Uh, they will hold it as a counterpunch to a big announcement by Sony. I did comment back. I don't exactly agree with that. Uh, I don't. I think it's still a misstep to not announce at your Games Forward show that you're trying to have rivaling an E3 thing. I think that's the time to announce your games. Uh, just is. But, uh, again, we're probably going to talk about Fable 4 a little bit later, so I don't want to get into spoilers. What we should get into real quick, though, is we have decided to do something kind of crazy, uh, and that is act like way more people care about our show, show than they actually do, and we are going to do our own horrible Game of the Year Awards. Horrible Game Awards is what we're going to call it. Um, hands clapping. Everybody standing in applause. <laughs> I should have made I should have made you do a drum roll. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of it's going to be a lot of fun. And I just want everybody out there to know who doesn't already. We are not. It's not just going to be me and Logan picking our favorite games because that would be short lists. But it would be. It, it's going to be uh, not just us, but I've put together a council of uh, the people who have been on our show the most, the people who have uh, contributed to our show, and the people who have commented on uh, YouTube and Facebook most. So again, out there, anybody listening, if you comment, 
if you contribute, uh, we want to have you on the show and we want you to, to participate. I want this to be kind of like a group podcast thing. So um, real quick, I'm going to announce the nominees. Neil, are you ready? Oh, I am absolutely ready. Okay. I'm going to say the category. I'm going to tell you how we nominated it, and I'm going to tell you the four nominees. Each category has four nominees. And I also want to say you're going to notice a lot of categories that aren't necessarily specific to the year. And the reason for that is that I kind of like the idea of games coming back. I mean, games have become more and more games of service more and more longer tales. So I kind of like the idea of the possibility of games we give awards to this year being that good next year, you know? So, game of the year. Uh, and this is the most initial nominations from the group of people that I put together. Um, there were some tiebreaker calls. Uh, actually, there was like three that were like definite. And then the last one, everybody had like two votes for. Uh, so, it's Borderlands 3, as it should be. The Outer Worlds, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Smash Brothers Ultimate. Quick jab at the Game Awards, which I do love. I think our list is better. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our next category is game game as service of the year, uh, and this is a game older than this year, like specifically not 2019, that their updates were so substantial that they are getting a nomination. Uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, we all know how much I love that game. Uh, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, uh, For Honor, and Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Uh, then we have mobile game slash app of the year. It's a little bit of a weird category because I tried to get everybody's nominations in there. Um, and we got some weird ones. Uh, so this is the best mobile game or app uh, from any year that was actually the best in 2019, according to us. Uh, and that's Pokemon Showdown, which is a crazy computer app thing uh, that uh, I'm going to have Phil Billy come on and talk about it sometime because he absolutely loves it. It's, I don't even know if it's actually official, but you put together a team of six Pokemon and they have all the stats in it and you battle people through it, but it's more like a, like almost like a lower key thing. Um, but there's tons of people who play this thing. It's crazy. Uh, I've actually not even heard of that one. Yeah, I was doing some research around it. Look it up. It's it's absolutely crazy. It's almost like – man, it's, it's hard to even call it a game. It's almost like – I would almost think of it as almost the purest form of eSport I can think of. Like, because it's, even though it's not an eSport eSport, it's like these guys just come there to put together these Pokemon teams to, to fight each other. That's it. That's what they do. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, then Gundam Battle Gunpla Warfare, uh, which is a good game. And then uh, also Auto Chess. That's taking the world by storm. Uh, I actually play that quite a bit on my mobile. And then PUBG Mobile, which is probably one of the greatest uh, mobile games ever made, in my opinion. Then we come to Single Player Game of the Year. Uh, this is a game that is single player narrative driven experience, and it is from 2019. Uh, the four games are Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Got a lot of nominations from that from you guys, uh, which surprised me, actually. Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Devil May Cry 5, and The Outer Worlds. Uh, then we've got Best Digital-Only Release Game. Uh, this I'm kind of shooting for more of an indie feel to this. Like uh, I, This is a game that did not have a physical in-store release, 
and it came from 2019. Uh, so the four uh, ones are After Party, Remnant from Ashes, Wargroove, and Untitled Goose Game. We then had uh, Best Competitive Game, uh, games from any year that are get still getting updates regularly uh, and are only competitive in nature. Um, and this is Players Unknown's Battlegrounds, of course, For Honor, uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, then we had Best New IP, and this is a game that came out in 2019 that has a fresh story and or setting. Uh, so nominated are The Outer Worlds, Control, Remnant from Ashes, and Anthem. I know I'm going to get Ann in for the Anthem. That was a that was a command decision on my part. Everybody out there, don't be mad. I'm sure it's not going to win. Uh, but I really like the setting for Anthem. I really want Anthem to be a good game. I loved Anthem. I put a lot of hours into it. And it is bad. I'm not defending Anthem. But it has a fun, new, original setting. And if that game was good, we would be talking about it. Uh, so I put it in. Uh, and then best cooperative game. Uh, games with a narrative uh, that has a huge amount of cooperative PvE experiences uh, from 2019 specifically. And that is Borderlands 3, Gears 5, Division 2, and World War Z. Uh, so those are our nominees. You guys will have to come back for our big show. We're going to announce the winners uh, later in December. Probably the second week of December is what we're shooting for, but... You know, this is a horrible podcast, so I can't give you a specific date, but it's coming and it should be interesting. And we're gonna we're gonna do a big thing with with all of our all of our viewers and listeners and whatnot. So it should be fun. All right, and finally, our fan traction question of the year. Uh, this is an exciting one because I have a story I want to tell about this, and that is, what is the first video game you beat? What's the game? The first one you completed, uh, the first one that you remember completing, whichever one comes oh. first, whatever. What game is it? What's your, what's what's that special game that was like? This is the one that I gotta get to the end. Um, and mine's mine's really fun and a, a very old man like story that I'm looking forward to ta telling next week. One might even say something about being thankful for that game. <laughs> we. <laughs> We right, good call, man, Neil. You're you're catching it. Yes, it's our our thankful for beating that game. <laughs> nice. All right, so our first topic of the show, our official first topic is we've just announced our nominees. Let's talk about the actual game award nominees, and uh, we've had some some very controversial choices. Um, so I don't want to go into every category. Uh, because that would take forever. They have tons of categories. We only have seven. They have like 40. Um, right. But we're specifically going to break down and talk about the game of the year um, because I do not agree with it. This is the first time. I, I really feel like some shady stuff was going on. So let's just break it down yeah. before we get into whether we think that Jeff Keighley did some, some stuff that he shouldn't be proud of or not. Um, so... The Game Awards are Death Stranding, uh, Control, Resident Evil 2, Super Smash Brothers Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. So, uh, it, no Borderlands 3 is the first thing we should just we should just touch on that right away. Borderlands 3 has been yeah. snuffed. 
And I have been on record saying, like, I think I even mentioned it at the Borderlands show we did with Phil Billy. I didn't think they were going to win game of the year because Randy Pitchford is a lunatic. And, uh, you know, some of it's like, I don't think Jeff Keeley wants him on stage. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I okay. thought he would get, I thought they would get the nomination and then get, get snu- get like, they would lose, you know? But I, to I not know. even get nominated and to nominate mm, to nominate some of those other choices, which none of them are like terrible games, but I don't know. What do you think? What's what's your take on it? I I don't know. I think uh, the, the Borderlands 3 thing, I think, is definitely in the step. Like, granted... Yeah, you know, there's there's been a lot of issues, and Mr. Pitchford cannot shut his mouth to save his life, and just like going on tirades against like like Game Informer whenever they had mentioned, it's like, oh well, there are microtransactions. Why would you guys fuck me on this? Like, right? I, it, it, it's objectively true, so like, I don't I don't get like why he's losing his mind about it, but to this. To not have Borderlands in on the nominations strictly for that, if that is the case, that's I think that's not fair to everybody who worked on Borderlands Three like, and the fans. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like it at least deserves a nomination. Like it at least deserves to be up there. And by the way, I at the top of the segment I did forget to say Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is also a Game of the Year nominee. Totally missed that one. Um but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's just a misstep. And what's crazy to me is yes, it has a ton of controversy around it uh, with the voice acting staff, with the Epic Game Store stuff, with him doing forcing people to watch him do class, close up magic to to see trailers. Like it definitely has controversy around it. But like the game itself should be the the point, you know. And Borderlands 3, I mean, personally, personally, I think it was snubbed because I think while no one's directly saying it out loud, probably because they don't want like a public fight about it, I think the reviewers and the journalists of video games feel burned by Borderlands 3. And they feel burned because I think it was extremely shady what they did by handing all the reviewers four days early a PC-only copy so that they couldn't test the couch co-op so that all the scores came out better than they probably should have been. Yeah. And I have a theory that all controversy aside, uh, that's the reason that it it got snubbed was because they feel slighted by that. Yeah, I I think when, like, you started doing shady stuff like that like they very clearly knew that it wasn't up to snuff and wasn't ready to go but it was a situation that i actually almost feel like kingdom hearts 3 was in it was announced in development they had to change engines in the middle of development undo a year and a half of development and everything like that to the point that they had to take uh nomura off of the lead if i remember correctly and have another guy step in to help finish it and push it out the door because he announced stuff so early and there's so much hype behind it they just want it out and they want it good and done and ready to go into everybody's hands right and 
like Borderlands 3 was all but officially confirmed for so long, then it finally got the confirmation, and then the hype train just kicked it into fucking overdrive right. and blasted through all the stations. You know, everybody wanted that game in their hands. I mean, in the end, glitches and everything aside, it was a great game. It's just, I feel like with games being the way they are now, they need some more time in the oven, and I think that developers shouldn't first announce stuff so early and second, make that call to be like, hey, we're going to leave it in the oven a little bit more. Because then you get situations like this where it's totally getting snubbed for game of the year and you don't get a do-over on that. Right. Like next year, 2020, Borderlands 3 is a 2019 game. It's not going to be out there for it. Yep. And Borderlands 3, as far as I know, is only actually nominated in one category and that's the best multiplayer game, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe so. But let's switch gears. Same same topic. Let's switch gears. The other extremely controversial one is they nominated Death Stranding. Um, I have a, I have a lot of problems with this. Uh, starting with the fact, first of all, that this is not a world renowned success. Like there are a lot of people right. who love this game, but it's scored rather low for what it was supposed to be on, you know, your Metacritics and your review scores. I mean, IGN gave it a 6.8. That's not... I don't rush out to buy a 6.8 game. Um, aside from my eternal uh, dislike of Kojima. Um, the thing is, though, is Jeff Keighley is in this game. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. He's in this game. And because he's in this game, is this the reason that it's nominated? What do you think? Do you think some shady stuff is going on here? Like, do you think, oh, he's my buddy, he gets the nom, or what? I think what, I think that it's getting nominated because of the hype around it, because like, the game of the year, I, I always, I, I don't necessarily, at least in my mind, picture it as, oh, these are the best games, like, they're all good games, but they all bring their own thing to the table. And I think Death Strandings was that hype around it and the mystery and everything like that. That being said, like you said, with the review scores and the fact that Jeff Keighley is in it, like, that that's red flags everywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, like, I know they're friends, but, I mean, Kojima has put all of his friends in Death Stranding. Right. And brand deals with Monster Energy and all this other right. just weird, weird stuff. Weird stuff. I Okay, so I don't necessarily think anything underhanded was going on here, um, but here's my problem, okay? Uh, if this was the Oscars, everybody would be like, ah, whatever, and they'd write it off, okay? Because the Oscars are in what, like 52nd year or whatever? They've been going forever, right? Uh, also, uh, movies are not trying desperately to convince everybody their art in a world that half of them doesn't want to believe it, you know? Right. Video games is in a tough situation, and it has been for the last decade. And that is that video games want to be recognized as art, and not everybody recognizes them. A lot, a lot of people look at them as toys, and that's all Nintendo's fault, and I don't want to get into that. But the same respect... As an industry, if you want to be recognized as art, 
you have to unfortunately be held to a higher standard than the people who already are. Uh, the Game of the Year awards are trying to be something special, and they have been for the handful of years that they're there, but they've only been around for a couple of years, you know? Right. You cannot open yourself up to this kind of scrutiny four or five years in. You cannot do it when you are... It's the same as Ninja going out and saying stupid shit when he is a, 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 a figurehead. You have to be above reproach. You just have to be. And I cannot imagine that they're not sitting around, that there aren't people sitting around a desk somewhere and somebody didn't say, this game only got a 6.8 and you're in it. Maybe we shouldn't nominate it for game of the year. And I'm sorry to Kojima, but we have to be bigger than our friendships and our connections if we're going to make this more than what it is perceived by half of the population of the planet. Yeah, it's almost as if, like, his his reputation is what's getting nominated mm-hmm. and not necessarily the game itself. Well, no, I wouldn't even say his reputation. Right. His name is being nominated uh, because the review scores, like, like we both said already, is like the review scores were not great. It wasn't a great game objectively. I mean, I've right. heard a lot of people now who's like, oh, well, once you finish the game, it all makes sense and it's good. And <laughs> like, I'm I'm sorry, but I don't watch a terrible movie for it to be good in the last five minutes. Well, and if you did, that's two hours of your life. A video game is what, 40 to 100? Like That's true. Like, yeah. I don't have that kind of time for you to convince me that your game is good. <laughs> Usually, even like for songs and stuff like that, or like if I try to start a new show or something on TV, whatever, you got maybe the first minute of a song and the first five, ten minutes of a show, and right. I'm just like that. I'm like, oh, nope, on to the next thing. Don't want this. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, too, I think if this game, if Death Stranding had come out, and it had been nines and tens across the board. Um, I don't think anybody, except probably me because I dislike Kojima, but I don't think anybody would be saying uh, Jeff Keeley's in the game; it shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Um, I yeah. think though, I think one of two things needs to happen: either Jeff Keeley needs to stop being in video games. I mean, really, that's what I. You know, I was talking to my wife about it the other day, and I was like, really, what should have happened was Jeff Keeley should have said. I am the face of a thing that judges video games. Whether or not it's publicly known that I vote or select them, I am the face of that thing. I should not be in a video game that could potentially get nominated later. Right. I mean, if Jeff Keighley wasn't in this game, I would still, I'd probably be still less okay. I probably still wouldn't be okay with it, but I wouldn't be, nobody would be saying, was there shady stuff going on? They'd be saying that's just a bad pick, you know. I uh, yeah, I think it would be more confusion than than actual like genuinely like concern slash being upset. Right. Like if a bad game gets like if if Anthem was on that list per se. Right. Say for some one person somehow magically got Anthem on the Game of the Year nomination list. It's more power to that person. I don't <laughs> know what wizardry you're practicing, but if Anthem was on there. It probably wouldn't win, but it would be everybody would be very confused as to why it's there. Like, oh, well, right. 
somebody must have liked it, and then it can almost kickstart a conversation about, like, well, if it's good enough to be on the Game of the Year's nomination, well, right. you know, maybe bring it back to the forefront. But when you're, when you, the award host, are a character in the game, it just, it just reeks. Like, you can't, you, you, you can't wash that away. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's another thing for protractors from the video game industry to point at and go, this is wrong. They're not doing it. You know what I mean? I, like, we, we, games as a whole, just, you guys, we got to be better than this. But, okay, so I think that covers that topic. Okay, so uh, our next topic is a fun one that we kind of came up with today uh, because uh, – both myself and Neil are huge fans of, well, for most part, the Fable series and have been wanting a Fable 4 for some time. So uh, we were the people in the who were depressed at EXO when they didn't announce Fable. And we touched on it last week that we thought that that was a mistake. But some new... Uh, some news that surfaced this last, just this last week has allowed us to be able to talk about it again. And that is uh, some concept art surfaced um, on some, like, sub-art thing. Um, and it was stamped from Playground Games, and it looks like a character from a new Fable game. Uh, it was immediately taken down, but everybody got it anyway, and now it's all on the news. Uh, it's on all the news sources, uh, so you can go check that out whenever. It just looks like a pirate lady with a saber. Um, but a lot of people are saying that this is, this is proof positive of... Fable 4, which we all kind of like, we're all 99.9% .9 sure that Playground is working on, but we don't have any confirmation of this. So, so, what do you think, Neil? Is this confirmation? I, you know what, there are so many things that scream confirmation with this. Uh, I remember... That's the right I, answer. That's the hopeful answer. I like it. Yeah, I, you know, there's, I think it was two E3s ago when Microsoft was having their conference, they had briefly mentioned Playground Games and that they were working on a new open-world uh, story-driven title, something yep. along those lines. They just dropped that little nugget there, mm -hmm. and everybody was like, oh, what's this? And they wouldn't say anything about it. Well, and they got, then, they, they did know, like, uh, they did, it was a job. It was one of those, like, job listings. I missed that one. Yeah, the, the the original the original way that they got that was they were like first they put up a job listing saying looking for people who had worked in big uh, open world story uh, based games and then everybody asked them about it and they were like yeah we're forming this new studio to work on big open world story games hint hint wink wink nod nod and then like the world <laughs> lost their minds and were like it's Fable it's gotta be Fable. Um, so, yeah, so since then, nobody's, like, directly said anything, but we get a wink and a nudge every, like, six months. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I still think if there is a Fable 4, and I'm not going to directly say there is one because I don't for sure know. Uh, you know what? No, this is a horrible podcast. There is a Fable 4. It is in development. Yeah. I can be wrong. I only have 63 subscribers. There's, there is a Fable 4. It has people right now working on it, and I think it's a misstep that they didn't announce it at XO. I still do, but I have a theory on that, 
and my theory is this I think they are were specifically holding it to go as their end one more thing at E3 when they announce all the prices and all the statistics and the name for Scarlet because that's where they've got to do it. They're out of places. Right. Um, so I think that that was their end one more thing. We're launching it with this Fable game, the new Fable game. So that was my theory. That's my hopeful theory. Um, however, I think... Do you think maybe this forces them to give us a vertical slice and confirmation at the Game of the Year nominations in two weeks? You know, I almost wonder if they're not going to announce it at E3, if they're going to announce it at the Game Awards. Because everybody was chanting, you know, Fable 4, Fable 4 at XO19. <clears throat> but XO19 is for Microsoft. It's for their games, everything like that. If you advertise Fable 4 or something like that strictly to the Microsoft audience, of course they're going to eat it up. But if you wait for something like the VGAs where everybody's going to be watching it, it mm. might put that thought in people's heads like, oh, well, maybe I'll go out there and get myself an Xbox console or even start considering the Scarlet when it comes out. You know, that is a really good point. And I, I have to say... The more I think about that, that would be – they could even – they probably – I still think that the – I mean, I uh, – sorry, tongue-tied for a second. A horrible podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but if your theory is correct, then they probably leaked that thing on purpose themselves just to get people talking about it. Yeah, and the fact that it's, it's like one of the most telling signs if art like that goes up and it immediately gets taken back down. That's like, there's something going on here. Mm. You think they pulled an Assassin's Creed, which, for all of those not in the industry, every Assassin's Creed game for the last, I don't know, 10 years have been leaked? I, I think that that very well could be. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was necessarily a purposeful leak, per se, mm. but it was definitely... It, it, the, the leak happened at a time. At a, I, at a very particular time. I think I think it's definitely a purposeful leak if we get in the next like couple of days. Hey, Microsoft's got or from either Playground or Microsoft, we got something special at the Game of the Year awards. You know, if they say that, I I would I would be willing to bet dollars to donuts somebody went to a dude and was like, Hey, post this on a website for two hours and take it down as if you weren't supposed to. Right. You know, because that's how they get these people. That's how they. That's how they do their hype game. I, I. I mean, there's no way you can tell me that every one of Ubisoft's leaks for the last ten years of Assassin's Creed games uh, weren't planned. <laughs> like, right. and the right. leaks were like, like ridiculous. Like, oops, we sent out a list. Uh, we sent out pictures of all of our shirts for this new game two months early to all of the manufacturers. Whoops. Sorry. Guess we'll have to announce a game now. Right. Like it was just an accident. Oops. Right. We're just going to have to start making an Assassin's Creed game uh, now. They feed on that hype. They love it. They just sit there and be like, let's see what they think it's about. Is it going to be about Vikings? <laughs> like, they love that. And I, I think maybe you're right. And I think maybe this is – maybe you're onto something. Maybe this is a uh, this is an accidental on purpose leak. 
Either way, I would love to see a new Fable game. I really would. And I would love it to launch next to, to Scarlet. And I think it's the perfect time because they don't have any other launch titles slated. Yeah, they, I think the only thing that they've really confirmed is Halo Infinite's going to be cross-generation. Right. But outside of that, I mean, not only do we not know what Scarlet really is, but they haven't said anything about, you know, what's really coming to it. We can make some assumptions. We can, right. you know, say that things are going to get ported over. But right. uh, Fable 4 in this day and age, after taking this much time off, the amount of, like, developments that have come through. I mean, Fable 3, I think Fable 3 came out before Skyrim did, didn't it? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I and mean, it was just... It was terrible. I hated Fable 3, but yeah. Well, come out. yeah, I mean, I did too. It was it was absolute garbage. I get what they were going for, but it was poor execution. Uh, that's but, that's exactly what it was. If the game itself had been fine and they hadn't, like, totally gutted the leveling role-playing aspect of it, I would have I would have yeah. loved it possibly more than the second one. Like, I loved aspects of it. It's just that whole, like, weird, like, open a chest for leveling thing it was like it was like yeah. it was like unpaid for loot boxes in the game. <laughs> like, I don't want this. I what got me was the that back half of the game. It was a good idea, mm. I think, to have the, yeah. your character almost maxed out leveling wise right. when you're in the back half of the game, so you can really play with all of that stuff. But the fact that it was. Like, you had essentially three story beats mm -hmm. that were supposed to take place over the course of a year. If you didn't pre-plan for knowing what the end of the game was, right. that end of the game was impossible to get a good ending. Well, and not to mention the fact that, like, the choices were all so one-sided. Like, there was no—that's one thing, and that, I think that's just last-generation Paragon— Systems. I'm glad gaming's kind of coming out of that, but that was the one thing that bothered me about Mass Effect. You were either all the way good or all the way bad. And what was even more messed up about Fable 3 was if you were all the way bad was really the only way to get the good ending. And then if you were all the way evil, I mean, if you were all the way good, everybody died. It was, it was like, right. it was very frustrating to me. Uh, that there was no middle round to be middle ground to be struck, and and I'm glad gaming's kind of coming out of that because Mass Effect was the same way for me too. It was like, all right, I don't want to be this good. I want to punch the reporter every once in a while, but like, you're either like just murdering and slapping everybody, or you're just the nicest pushover that the world has ever met. You know? Yeah. I mean well, that. I mean that was one thing I liked about Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, that was my one of my favorite parts of that game is because there was just, like, a middle-of-the-road selection, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, with Mass Effect, making my choices, like, the first time I played through, I did whatever I would do in the real world, and then from there, I would take and, you know, do the Paragon route, strict Paragon, strict right. Renegade. Right. Uh, but I have to say, though, every time I did punch the report, in the face, and I had no regrets at all <laughs> no. whatsoever. Good, bad, anything like that. Uh, but the the I think this Fable Four 
what they're going to go for with this is probably more of the Skyrim route of just things to do in places, side quest galore, and mm-hmm. go for it. I do hope that they don't try to get in over their heads and try to do what I fear is starting to happen with some of these other games that are announced, these open world games, to where they go the Breath of the Wild route, to where literally everything just go and do however you can make it happen, go for it. Uh, Because I think it works with Breath of the Wild because of the strict this is what you have to do, now go do it. If you were to throw that system into something like Skyrim, you would be totally overwhelmed. And yeah. the game would break constantly. It's, the thing it's is more too, than Skyrim already does break. Yeah, the thing is, too, I think Skyrim... You know, everybody, when, when Breath of the Wild came out, everybody was like, it's this amazing game, it's this revolutionary game, you can do anything in it. And then I've watched a lot of videos, obviously I don't own a Nintendo, so I don't I have not been able to play it myself, but I've watched a lot of it. I watched a lot of playing it. Nothing against Breath of the Wild. It is a revolutionary game. It is a great game. I will put my Nintendo hate aside. It's it is revolutionary. However, I don't necessarily think you can do less than uh, Breath of the Wild in Skyrim. The sheer breadth of the stuff you can do in Skyrim is huge too. I just feel like it's a it's different in the way that you do it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Like, and I feel like yeah, was, trying to copy Breath of the Wild, like, just make a ton of stuff able to do. I don't necessarily need to climb everything. Just give me a ton of stuff to do in your own way, in the way that you can, and I'll be happy, you know? Right. Uh, like, if you're going to make an open world game, like, a Horizon Zero Dawn, again, I haven't played it, but it's regarded as a phenomenal game from a story standpoint. It's a huge open world game. You can't climb everything in that, but it does fine, you know? I yeah. I think that like there's there's plenty of like there's plenty of ways to do that do a ton of stuff stuff in your own way without just copying Breath of the Wild. So I'm with you. I hope they don't. I, I want it to feel like a fable game. I don't want it to feel like Breath of the Wild for Xbox, that's for sure. Right. I I want it to be that like I create a character and I influence the world in my own way. You know, I've I've spoken about it many times in the show. What, what really speaks to me as a gamer is give me a playground in which I can play it multiple different ways and I will be a happy person. You know, even if it's a short game, let me play that game in any way. I, like, like State of the K2 and The Outer Worlds, those, that's what I love. I love that I can just, I can start a game and I can do anything I want with my starting character stuff and then how the game progresses is completely different each time around, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that covers that. All right, that brings us back. Uh, we were going to do uh, bring something back this week and do a fantasy corner for our end segment. We always like to do something fun for our end segment. But again, uh, Neil literally found out uh, less than like eight hours ago that he had to do this show with me. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit more impromptu than is expected. But the fantasy corner we were going to do is kind of a Black Friday, in honor of Black Friday thing. Uh, you have the money to buy any system. You can use frugalness as a, a deciding factor, but you do you could afford anything. Uh, what's the next system you go out and buy? Um, and I own only an Xbox. 
I mean, I own other systems, but they're all old or other generation. Uh, so I only own the Xbox One. That's my system. It has been for a long time. I know Logan is the same as me. Uh, Neil, I'm pretty sure you've got like three systems? I have everything in this current generation, yes. <laughs> <laughs> aside from VR, I'm guessing? Yeah, aside from VR. I, I don't think I'd be able to do that. I'd get too sick. Same here. I get I get pukey at 3D movies. Like, I can't. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I like that, just the idea of that. I'm like, nope, no, no thank you. Like, I can't wait for the day that we have holodecks. Until we make that leap, I'm good. Um. Not going to put some on my head and then not know how to walk anymore. No, no, thank you. Um, All right, well, I guess I'll answer this first. And uh, I'm going to say something that's going to surprise everybody. Now, again, this I can't just say I would get an updated version of the Xbox. That's not – that's cheating. I'm sure Logan would say that because he'd find a way to cheat in every one of these. But uh, I'm going to say something that's going to make everybody out there call me a hypocrite. And that's fine because I am a hypocrite because every human being on this planet is a hypocrite. Um, I would say the Switch, Switch Lite, looks so fun to me. Just the fact that it's a console, like, yes, it's lower powered, um, but it's a console you just put in your pocket and you can play all your games from the console and you could just, oh, man, it just looks so much fun to me. I love the idea of that, especially with a kid who sometimes dominates my TV. Uh, it would be great to just be able to just like pull that thing out and play Breath of the Wild. Like, that would be very exciting for me. And I know I hate Nintendo, but I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna come out and say it. I don't want to say it. I'm gonna say it. I think Nintendo finally did the right thing with Switch. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. It okay. hurts me to say that, but. <laughs> The reasons that I disliked Nintendo so much is because I was a guy who went out and bought Wii instead of the Xbox One or the Xbox 360 and PlayStation because I thought that was going to be the next console. Guess what, guys? It wasn't. I know everybody talks about it so fondly because it was so popular. No, it was so popular because Wii Golf. It didn't have any goddamn games on it. None. It was terrible. It was a terrible system. If you were an adult man who wanted to play video games, it was a terrible system. Um... And I ended up selling it. And it's one of the big things I hate about Nintendo is they would every so often, I looked back at it, and it was like every so often they would come out with a gimmicky system that didn't hold water to the other systems and only stuck around because they own Zelda, Mario, and Link. Um, but I'm sorry, did you say Zelda, Mario, and Link? I did. Oh, man. Neil. Oh. Neil, shots fired. Neil takes me down, ladies and gentlemen. I did. I meant to say Zelda, uh, Mario, and Pokemon, but totally failed. There you go. (laughs) Totally failed. Totally failed. But one thing they did about the Switch that I absolutely love is they gave, they made it so easy and so optimal for indie gamers to put their stuff on that system. And because of that, they have made a library for that system unlike any others where you can get these incredible AAA uh, Nintendo-based uh, um, games like Breath of the Wild. And then it's also probably the best platform to play games like Celeste and Enter the Gungeon and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I uh, mine 
I mean, I've taken it very many places. Like this past summer, uh, my mom had to get heart surgery at the Cleveland Clinic. So we were going to be in there for about 12 hours. And that switch really helped me, like, stay kind of level because it was, you know, kind of an intensive surgery. Oh, dude. Uh, I My so, wife had to have her gallbladder out, which is routine. And I was in the waiting room just, like, pulling my hair out. I, I can't imagine what you went through. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, actually, I, I'm going to take a brief aside and tell you that their bedside manner at the Cleveland Clinic is not the greatest because when yeah. the doctor finally came out, he came out to the group of us and looked around, and he said, uh, oh, you guys better take a seat. Like, that's what he opened with oh after God. heart surgery. And uh, I was like, uh, no, actually, uh, I'm not going to take a seat, sir. Uh, I need you to start talking right now. <laughs> oh, dude, I feel bad laughing because that, that had to be terrible. That's like that guy terrible. from Arrested Development. Uh, the doctor in Arrested Development who would come out, now I'm being old, but he would come out and he would be like, uh, we lost him. And they'd all think he was dead. And he was like, no, 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 we just lost him. He's not in his room. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, That's fucking I, but, terrible, man. That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, everything was fine. It was just funny. But uh, but back to the, the switch part of everything, like – even yesterday, I was getting work done on my uh, vehicle, and I was just sitting there. I had an hour wait, and it barely felt like anything. I could just pull the switch out, play whatever. I mean, the battery life, people complain about the battery life, but, uh, I mean, the one gripe that I would have is the controller is so small on the system itself. Are you, are you playing on, on the original switch, or do you have, like, the light? The original. The original. Yeah, oh, no, that's I, good. I, yeah. yeah, it's... it's uh, the battery does last about it's like three and a half hours depending on what you're playing but the ability to take that anywhere and the games on it i mean it it really is it's sad that it's kind of killed the 3ds for nintendo but it it is but at the same time like not to be a pessimist i guess i can be a pessimist because i'm not a huge nintendo guy but do you really need the DS anymore? Like, I mean, why would you even want, like, hey, this thing does AAA games. Just put all the DS games on that. We're good, you know? Right, and that's, I think that was, either that was part of their plan to cannibalize the 3DS or it was just an unintended side effect. Yeah. But, I mean, we do have the Switch now, and especially with the, the Switch Lite, uh, it's this, basically the same price as a, new 3ds so why wouldn't you get why wouldn't you get a switch instead of a 3ds at this point? right right you know uh let me ask you a question then since you've got all the systems and you can't really contribute to this fantasy question um which one is your favorite of the three and i won't yell at you no matter say, what you pick <laughs> i i would say that it's probably the switch but i do have ones that i go to for other things so like the Xbox is where I'll play shooters. Mm, yeah. My RPGs and everything will be on the PS4. Uh, and then, like, Nintendo, pretty much the, quote, Nintendo games, obviously, would be on the Switch. But the Switch has also opened up to a lot of the, like, indie games and stuff. That's where I'm playing Undertale on. Uh, and then you can also pick up, like, the Jackbox Party Pack right. on on the switch and with that i mean you can just have that hooked up to the tv and play party games with 
you friends and family on your phone whenever people come over. Like, Quiplash is probably the best party game I've ever played because you don't have to know buttons. It's just quick wit. Nice. That's awesome. I, I, I do like how all the systems have started to kind of weirdly differentiate their own space. And, uh, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and their biggest problem with the XO19 showing was that it was all multiplayer games and that uh, they didn't show any, like, single-player stuff and that that was a mistake. How are they going to compete with PlayStation? And I'm just sitting there like, they're competing with PlayStation because they're doing multiplayer games and PlayStation isn't. What's the... Right. How are you not seeing that? Like, why would you want them to, like... It's like when a fast food place steps into the ring with McDonald's on breakfast. Like, just let them do breakfast. We'll do dinner right. You know, like, I don't understand why you, like, I like the idea that, like, oh, you want this? Go to this system. You want this? Go to this system. A little bit better than, like, the 360 uh, or era where it was just, like, they all had the same thing, just exclusive games, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but... All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I think that is it. All right. So that is it. That uh, closes uh, episode 18, um, which was impromptu, but I think came off really good. Uh, and I, I just want to, again, thank you, ATW, a tiny wizard, Neil, for coming on the show and uh, helping us out uh, by uh, guest hosting for us. Oh, thank you very much. Anytime. Absolutely anytime. Now, I don't know if you have anything to promote, but I do want to tell you straight up from myself personally and this show, should you decide to do anything that requires promoting, you let us know, and we will promote the crap out of you, sir. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, well, absolutely. Thank you very, very much. I do so appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Um, as far as me, I'm Zach Van Sliders, Old Man Gaming. I'm Disciple Hard Rock on uh, uh, Xbox no C. No second C. Um, and uh, let me see. Stick to this channel for all our fun stuff. I do reviews on Monday. Uh, Tuesday I do Disco of the Dumb, although I don't know how much longer since that's been up for 24 hours and nobody's watched this last episode. Uh, the Borderlands 330 with Phil Billy. Uh, that one's still doing good, and we have a lot of fun with that. And then, obviously, every Friday this podcast. Uh, you can also listen to it on all the places where podcasts can be listened to just about uh, or watch it on YouTube. We love that too. And I sign off the same way with all of my stuff. As long as you guys keep watching and listening and supporting us, we will continue to make this stuff for good or bad. So thank you guys, and we'll see you next week, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Best holiday there is. <laughs>